If my top line fear is giving up control, where can I reclaim some? So how could I reclaim some? Reclaiming some was part of me being true to myself. If I am just my authentic self, I am not somebody that people hate. Hi, everybody. I'm Katina McHenry. Thank you so much for joining us on a new episode of Fuck Fear. Thank you for continuing to listen to each of these episodes. We are talking about fears in life, relationships, careers, and parenting. And what we've realized is that we have a lot of fears and we have a lot of fears that we are working through. But my hope is that with each episode that you are able to conquer your fear, crush your fear, and say fuck you to fear so you can get through whatever it is you know in your heart you need to do. Today's guest I am so excited about. Her name is Nicole Rosé. She is originally from the Midwest. She moved to Manhattan with a dream of becoming a world-class DJ, a podcaster, a mindset mentor, and TV personality. And she's recently been on the HBO show, Max's show, The Big Shot with Bethany. Hopefully you by now, you know the show, you know who Bethany Frankel is. But Nicole is also an investor. She's an advisor to female founding companies, including Out East Rosé, Clio Capital, and a whole lot more. And I am so excited to welcome you to the podcast today. Nicole, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Fuck yeah, yes. I'm stoked to be here. <laughs> yes. Today's topic is we are talking about fears and becoming a reality show contestant, which Nicole can speak all about those things and can and can speak to that. But first, I want to start with asking you right now, today, what are you afraid of? Right now, today, what am I afraid of? You know, <clears throat> I mean, you, Katina, you and I are already BFFs. We were just kind yes. of this before I came on here. And by the way, I just want to say, I love the name of your podcast. It's oh, so thank cool. you. It's super on brand for me because we're always like saying fuck on my show. And, and I just, I, I just it. think- that like we should, you know, who cares that we're women, we should be able to express ourselves the same way. So, Absolutely. Uh, without it being vulgar, you know, or, or dirty, right? These are just words. Yes. Um, so I love that. And I agree. Fuck fear. We it's, I think it's a daily practice. Like every, yes. you know, we should always every week be trying to do something to move past our fear. There's new ones that, you know, you conquer one and then something else pops up Absolutely. What, right now. And like, you probably are going to know, I'm going to say this. My thing that I'm a little bit afraid of right now is just a possible second type of um, restrictive environment or lockdown based on mm. COVID. And mm -hmm. I just am really praying for our nation, right? That yeah. that doesn't happen. I mean, you shared that Texas is already having people, everyone wear masks again in restaurants. And I just, you know, I, I miss New York and I want to be spending more time there. And I also hope that a lot of the events that we're booking for the fall will continue to yeah. go into contract and, you know, not fall out like the yeah. last time yeah. we had the pandemic. So well, and your livelihood as a DJ and a hot DJ in New York, I read <laughs> and, and I have friends who were DJs who their livelihood was completely halted yeah. and affected by COVID. So let's talk about even before you got on the show, just how significant COVID was for you, where all of your events were pretty much canceled or postponed. It's so crazy. It was, it was every single event, every trade show, um, like within a 48 hour period, like I'm not making this up, right? Like Mar wow. March, like 11th through March 13th. It's funny. It was so like traumatic. I even remember the days like clearly, um, and, and my ex and I at the time were like fleeing New York. He was like, my parents have an extra condo on Cape May. I don't feel he like was really a, a 
concerned about our health. And then him and my mom are texting and they're both like riling each other off. And then I was just like an innocent bystander, like, guess I'm packing a bag. (laughs) Like everyone's freaking out. Um, but yeah, so that like in a 48 hour period, it, we, it was almost six figures in influencer contracts, just everything. Even I had a podcast deal with Spotify that ended up falling through. I think just every, every business was shrinking the amount of cash yeah. they were spending because nobody had any idea what the future was going to hold for online consumers, for in-person retail, for in-person events, or just everything. So yeah, everything that we do was affected. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. I know. And it, you know, I don't know. You see all these projections about how long it's going to take to recover. And it's a good thing that things are getting somewhat bad. Yeah. I mean, the beginning of the summer, it seemed like things were sort of to getting back to normal where events were being rescheduled again. But in reality, yep. the uh, the amount of time it's going to take to fully recover and to fully be back up to being in, you know, in, in the uh, uh, in, in the black zone in the, <laughs> of, of your budgets, who knows how long it's going to take. I, I yeah. hearing people say 2023 who, but who knows? I don't know. Well, during that time of just, uh, I hope it's of, sooner than that. And- yeah, I hope so too. Uh, so during your time of kind of reevaluation, <laughs> the show happens. So talk a little bit about the show and how that came about. Yeah. So, and I just want to make this point too, because I think, yeah, I never li- like to leave anything on a not positive note. It's it's yes. all about the way you speak to yourself, right? That's the right. way you speak to others yes. also is the way you speak to yourself. So I try to be really yeah. uh, selective with the words I choose, unless it's That's like, a good reminder. I'm going to drop it all day. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> um, that. <clears throat> Thank you. Well, so, you know, on, on a positive note about the pandemic, on the flip side, the opportunity it gave me to go into the experience of the Big Shot with Bethany to confront my fears, right? Like you said, about being on a reality TV show, jumping in feet, two feet first into the deep end, right? It was not like, let's let's do a little like, you know, swimming before you're r- racing in the Olympics. It was just like straight in there. Um, and without those con you know events and trade shows and whatnot moving out of contract i wouldn't have been able to move in to you know filming and housing and be doing this exclusively for the yeah. couple of months it took us either so there's always a you know a good side to every situation yeah. if you're willing to to keep your faith and look for it yeah. you know and stay open yeah. i so appreciate that because it you know it's so easy to get into how bad things have been uh, affected and how things have been affected in such a negative way. But you're yep. right. At the same time, there is this, this brighter flip side where things have been opened up and things and spaces have been opened up and people have been able to move into those spaces because of the bad that's happened. And I like, like you, I believe the same thing that something good always comes out of something bad. And you just have to sometimes change your perspective or just expect something good to happen out of the, right. out of the bad experience. <clears throat> It's literally what you just said there is so true. It's about your perspective. Your expectation is everything, right? Because that's what that drives the attitude that you wake up with every morning that you sit down at your laptop with, you know, is today going to suck or is today going to be amazing? Is something good 
possible today? The answer is always yes. But if we sit down and we, and we don't, we're not in that inspired state, then we're not attracting the best reactions from ourselves or from others that we're communicating with or working with, et cetera, you know, cause you, you get back the energy that you put into stuff. So how could you possibly be putting your best foot forward, sitting down with a negative expectation of how a meeting or an event or something's going to go? Yeah. So do you think that that, that outlook and that approach attracted the, uh, the show and brought it to you? Cause I read in your, your article, you wrote an article for entrepreneur call. I was a contestant on the big shot with Bethany. Here's what I learned about facing my fears. So we'll get to that in a moment, but you talk in the article about, you just got an email one day. So do you feel like your approach to positivity and good energy attracted that opportunity? Or how do you think that that approach, uh, brought that opportunity to you? That's a great question. I actually think that my approach to positivity has brought me everything that I value in life. Mm. Um, to be mm-hmm. honest, I mean, there, you know, entrepreneurship is hard, right? You're, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. I am too. I have been for years. I don't know how long you've been in the game, but you know, there's ups and downs for everybody. Yep. And and I'm sure you see a difference on times when you're vibing high and when you're, you know, in, you know, a transition or you've just gone through, you know, something that was, difficult and your energy's lower and you're, and then therefore you're not attracting the same caliber or frequency, the amount of, you know, positive things. Yeah. So I definitely think that's true. I think the times I've been, especially in the beginning of my DJ career, I was like unstoppable. I was so excited about DJing. Like I was like, Oh my God, I just figured out something I truly love to do. And I just went at it so hard and I wanted to tell everybody. And I loved hearing from people about wanting to hire me or wanting a playlist or whatever. And I was just so passionate that I think literally brought money in the door, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was working a lot, but I was, it didn't feel like that. Right. I wasn't yeah. burning out from the work. Cause I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, did that answer what you were asking? Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously good energy is not void of fears. So, you know, obviously today's topic is about fear and becoming a reality show contestant. So talk about, you know, after you got the email and you worked through, you know, all the the paperwork and and the deal, and then you actually realized you were a contestant on the show. Talk about just how you went into that experience and the fears that were stirring in you even before you guys began shooting. So the key here, and I love what you said about even with all the positivity in the world, that doesn't mean fears aren't present. Yes. So true, of course. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think that people have accomplished something. This is nothing to do with just reality TV or DJing, but people, we tend to think that someone in a place where we'd like to be, who's accomplished something that we'd like to accomplish has combated all of these fears that we yep. haven't yet. And guess what? Let me shatter that now. That's not true, ladies. Right. That's not true. I'm Or gentlemen, I don't know who listens to, you know. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Um, it's not true. It's I think the difference between somebody like me who took that leap of faith into reality TV and somebody who's always wanted to do it, but has been too scared to apply or answer a request or something is that I raised the volume on my level of excitement higher Mm. than the volume of my level of fear. And Mm. I focused on the excitement and what you give your focus to grows. We know that, right? Neurologists- have studied this. Researchers have studied this. Things that we think about continue to grow. We have more thoughts about them in our brain, right? Or you could say that's the law of attraction, but it's also neuroscience, right? Right. So right. 
the more you think about something, right? The more your brain digs deeper grooves and the more likely it is that you're going to have either that fearful thought or that thought of positivity, that thought of excitement, that thought of eager anticipation. So it's, it's really just taking ownership over how we think about our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. So then as you went into this experience, what were some of the fears that you were dealing with? Even yeah, I mean, I, I'll just be honest. It. I was, I, I'll be really honest. I was, <clears throat> I was terrified. You know, it, it's, I was, but I was also so excited that I just focused on that excitement. And then I'm the kind of person who, you have to. I think when you are scared of something, it's really important to peel back the onion. Okay, that's fine. Why am I scared? You could get out your journal. I think it's yep. great to do journaling. You could do this with a coach or a friend or a therapist, or I don't know. You could think about it yourself, but it's easier to have some type of a tool to track you know, what you're thinking about, but I think it's important to acknowledge, okay, the fear is, is here, but I'm also so, so excited, but okay, let's just go into this fear for a moment. We're not going to give it too much attention, right? Cause what you focus on grows, but let's yep. diagnose this fear. Where is this fear coming from? Right. And I think for me, it was like, okay, so I built my own business and I don't want anybody to take that away from me. And I'm giving up control over my image to people who don't know anything about my brand, who don't have an invested interest in my success, who don't know me, maybe don't even like me, right? Yeah. We don't, I don't get to pick the producers I work with, right? It's like I was the bottom of the totem pole yeah. in that situation. And so that is that, that right there, hands down, was my biggest fear moving into reality TV was could this opportunity come to bite me in the ass and mm-hmm. hamstring my future business? Because my whole business is about lifting women up, empowering women, making people joyous and happy through music. And, yeah. you know, and the mentorship is obviously the impact more of the empowerment arm, but really that comes from everything that I do because I was a female DJ when there just weren't any, you yeah. couldn't find yep. a girl who could DJ. And then you only saw, you know, models who faked DJing and put on mixtape and then pressed a button, you know, and that's not empowerment. Put some headphones on and right. did the wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Right, and they're dancing yeah. and it's not even to the beat because it's right. like, are they, you know, what are yeah. they? Li- okay, yeah. But so like, I think for me, it was, I don't want this to affect any of the things that I've already built in a negative way. This has to either be neutral or prop everything up that I've done in a positive way. Right. And, you know, you're taking a, big leap of faith because it it is a risk. But at the end of the day, someone said me to this to me once, and I've had a lot of mentors over my time, which is why I'm so passionate about sharing and mentoring others, because it just, it just doesn't happen enough, especially for women. Right. But, um, like someone explained to me, this was years ago. I have been approached by a lot of different shows. So I'll just say that. So this, Mm -hmm. I had been thinking about this for a long time. So I'd been doing this cost benefit analysis and kind of analyzing my fears in my head for a while. Mm -hmm. But the, someone had said to me that you can only be as bad on TV as you are as a person. And he's like, you know, they're like, they can edit you and they will. And he's like, be aware. They'll give you the worst edit that they can, unless it's like a team that knows you loves it's a, it could, if, unless it's like a different show where you're the star or something. Right. But those are not the opportunities that entry level reality TV people are typically offered. Right. So, so he just said, so just be aware that like, as nasty as you get, that's as nasty as you can look, right? I mean, yes. how true is that? 
How true is that? I mean, it's very hard for them. Look, I'll be honest, big shot with Bethany. They tried to put words in my mouth. They tried, they pulled things from others. I mean, I can't get too much into the editing, yeah. but they really tried. But the fact of the matter was, is I stayed true to who the fuck I am. <laughs> yes. And that's a good person who loves other people, who supports other women. So it's hard, even if they, even though they tried, it's hard to make me look too terrible. They sure made me look crazy in some scenes. Okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's definitely entertaining, yeah. right? But they didn't make me look like an asshole. You know yeah. what I mean? They didn't make me look like a woman that cuts other women down. That's not acceptable to me. Sure. You know, me looking hyper, sure. Me talking too fast, I don't give a shit. Right. You don't like the way I talk, don't call me. Like my phone rings too much anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, that's fine. But um, for me, it was just mitigating any of the, those negative side effects. And so, yeah, I don't know if you're bored yet, but this was my point. Oh my about gosh. Girl, no. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm like, I, this is like a mouthful, but <laughs> my, my point about how I, my process of working through fears it's I've actually never codified this process like this. Cause no one's asked me about it the way that you specifically have, which is very interesting. But when I identify the fear, right, I can feel the you know, the anxiety or the nervousness or the flutters in your stomach, not the good I'm in love ones. The like, do I not look right? Is something wrong? Like, yeah. why do I feel off? It's not right. my period ones. Right. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so when I can identify that and I'm like, okay, something's coming up for me and I can think about what it is. Right. Then I identified for me with TV. It was putting the, putting really responsibility for my brand's image in the hands of strangers that to yes. me as an entrepreneur, as you are, you know, as a, as a business owner, that was scary giving up that yeah. control, yep. but then recognizing. So, so on the flip side of that, well then, okay. So if I'm scared, if my top line fear is giving up control, where can I reclaim some? Mm -hmm. So how could mm -hmm. I reclaim some reclaiming some was part of me being true to myself. If I am just my authentic self, I am not somebody that people hate. Look at history, right? I wouldn't be right. where I was. I wouldn't have Instagram followers and thousands, you know, hundreds of friends or whatever if I was somebody that people hated because I was rude all the time, right. you know? So it's like, right. you then look at the evidence. All right, well, that doesn't make sense. What can I control? I can control that if someone comes at me, I don't lash out. Sure. It's hard. It's not always easy, but I have tools. I have meditation. I have this manifest mindset that tool that I teach in the mentorship. I have, I have visualization. I have, you know, I have a therapist, right? Everybody has tools. We all have a toolbox yes. of ways that we can, can better ourselves and be our best self at all times. And for me, right. some of it is even just reminding my mantra, my simple mantra of I'm a queen. Okay. I'm going to take yes. a deep breath when, when girls at the show on the show, come at me, right. I'm just going to take, take a deep breath. If I breathe three times before I respond, probably going to be a better outcome. Yeah. And then on the flip side, it was saying too, what else combats fear? Well, knowledge. A lot of times mm -hmm. we're scared of the unknown. So in something yes. like reality TV, that's, it's like, you know, and it's not exactly the apprentice. It's not exactly the real housewives. It's the big shot with Bethany. She's got an, a reputation for being a loose cannon, right? So you're just like, yeah, that's kind of an unknown, uncharted territory there. So what I did was I read all of her books. I listened to everything she said on her podcast. I studied her. I watched all, every episode of The Apprentice I had time for, including hers with Martha Stewart and watched their dynamics. So yes. I combated that with knowledge. So it's just, yeah. it's just figuring out what can I put in my bucket to fill me up, to raise the volume on that excitement over that. Yeah. Field. 
And all those things give you confidence. So that was like right. the next thing I wanted to discuss with you was, I, I'm, I, I imagine you had expectations of what reality show, what, what re, like the comings together, the engineering of reality show TV. And then if you did have expectations, did those expectations change once you began and got into the experience? And, and if there were any fears <laughs> about your expectations and then how maybe your expectations changed? Because yes, you have the knowledge, you have the, that gave you confidence to go into the experience with another level <clears throat> of confidence, um, but around expectations of what it is and what it wasn't to you, was there any fear in that? I, I'm only laughing. By the way, it's a great question. Your your questions are super um, deep and well thought out and thought provoking for me. So thank you. Yeah, um, I'm only laughing because I was like going into the show like, you know, we'd all been in lockdown too. So I was like so excited to see other people. Yes. And then I prepared for the show with, you know, a personal lockdown, right? For safe for the safety of the other cast members, Bethany and our TV crew, et cetera. And then you know, I was so excited to see people and I had never done this before. And I don't know why, I guess, cause I had thought about it for years. Cause like I said, I had been approached by numerous casting directors and TV producers over the decades and had been on summer house, you know, not a main role, but you know, I had just been really particular about things that I could see a brand alignment with or things that I could see it sure. going the opposite direction. Right. You know, I took a leap yeah. of faith in this because at least it was about business and I'm about business. So yeah. I was Girl, like, at the okay. end of the day, you got to make some money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I thought it was going to be fun. I was like, this is going to be such a good time. I'm so excited to meet yeah. Bethany and to get to know everybody and have a good time. And like, it was like, it was way more cutthroat. Like I thought it was going to be enjoyable. And like, it was just, I mean, I'm just being really honest. It was like absolutely unenjoyable really? the show, except for like, there are two days that I can remember where I was like, maybe no three, let me be honest, three. Okay. That are point like that cooking challenge that was just a hot yep. mess. That was just so funny. I mean, I could not stop laughing the whole, even though I was actually like slightly terrified, but once again, yeah. I turned up the noise on the fact that this is just hilarious. I don't care if Bethany's going to chew me out. This is yeah. so funny. This is obviously going to make hysterical TV. I may never get married after trying to burn the building <laughs> down, but I'm just going to go with it for today. Cause I'm here. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there was like another scene where we got to like though the opening scene was really fun where we, you know, it was a cocktail party and I was like behind the bar and serving up everybody drinks and trying to make shots with her products and just having, being creative and just enjoying being out of, you know, the house with other individuals that were interesting. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, you know, right before I was cut, there was one more scene where the four of us were allowed to, you know, have a glass of wine and get to know each other. And that was really the only other time that we were allowed to do something that was slightly relaxing. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's just, it's being in a business performance, plus having 20 cameras pointed on you at all time, plus a boss with Bethany's level of yeah. energy and mm -hmm. um, critique um, and intensity. That's a lot of pressure. Like yeah. it's just a lot. And I'm somebody that functions under pressure, obviously. Right. I mean, I've DJed all over the world for thousands of people, stuff breaks. I have had a thousand people staring at me when the equipment broke and yeah. it's because a drink through a fan, through a drink on the, you know, the speaker, like the power strip when they were trying to get on the oh stage or something. I mean, 
shit happens. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I've been in intense situations, but this was intense on that level on a daily basis. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, and then also it's a competition. So all of those things, plus you're competing for this one spot and you're doing it in front of millions of people and you're trying to impress all these people and you're, you get to know the other contestants, but it's still a competition. Yeah. Yeah. So what, was there any fear in that respect? Like just realizing the environment that you were in and remembering like every step of the way that it was a competition, even though you were given individual challenges, like the bigger piece of it and the, the, the objective of the whole initiative was it's, it was a competition. Like you were trying to come out on top. Yeah. So it's like, I got in there, you know, I think what's really unique. I I maybe mentioned this on entrepreneur in that article. And if not, this is definitely a second article for Jason. I'll have to let him know, but um, it's about when you recognize that an expectation is out of line with your current reality, it's about pivoting those expectations as quickly as possible. So as once again, to just alleviate the anxiety, alleviate some of the pressure where you can, I can't control these external things. Like the fact that I signed up for a competition that I'm working for somebody who's very intense, that cameras are stalking me everywhere I go, but I can control my reaction to all of these things. So letting yourself, you know, at first I went in and I was like, I got this in the bag. I'm going to win this. And Mm -hmm. then being like, okay, Bethany, literally hates me. So I'm likely not going to win. However, I am going to get really far from my girls, for the girls that I mentor, the girls that look up to me, the people that find me to be an inspiration to them. I am not going to let them down. And the new ones who I've connected, you know, that was what kept me going. What drove me to continue to put my best foot forward, even in the face of adversity, because once again, if my brand is about empowerment, then you got to act like it. You can't just tell people, here's a mindset hack. Here's how you meditate. No, you've got to be empowerment. You've got to embody empowerment. If that's what you preach, you know, before you can tell other people, they should be practicing it. They're not going to take your word for it. Right. That's right. You got to be real. Yeah. So what else in the show do you think, how, how has the show helped you, you know, outside of the show and outside of all the other things you do in everyday life, how do you think that experience helped you get through other fears that you were knowing you had to face or even ones that you were currently working through? Now I'm just like, I'm in this flow with fear where I'm just like, every time I bust through one, I'm out on the other side and it's so not a big deal anymore. It's not even a fear anymore. And then it's like, but then there's always a new one, right? So it's like, I'm yes. in this flow with fear where I've just accepted that mm. fear is going to be a regular occurrence in my life as I continue to take my business and myself to the next level. Fear is just a part of that. And so it's, instead of, maybe we need to reframe it and like call it something else. You know, it's like, it's instead of like seeing it as fear, I just see it as like, just as a it is what it is. Yeah. Type thing. Like it's not something. And I've, I've battled it before and I came out the other side and I came out stronger. Like a recent fear was right after, um, the big shot started airing. I was asked to go kiteboarding with a friend and I always wanted to do it. And I was terrified of going kiteboarding. Right. I mean, you could Google kiteboarding accidents and watch for four hours. Like, don't do that, by the way, if you want to go, right. Kiteboarding. Don't. <laughs> 
useless endeavor. Um, but so like, that was just something I wanted to do. And now I'm not scared of kiteboarding at all. I spent three hours in a kiteboarding lesson and I could go again. I jet skied again for the first time in a while. I mean, I got, you know, I've been in car accidents and just, you get back in the car again, you get back in the driver's seat again. And then that fear dissipates, if not instantly, then over the next few weeks, like every time we continue to do the activity, we're chipping away at the fear. So it's just, it's like not, we're never going to live a life that's worth living without things in it regularly that challenge us and yeah. scare us a little, but it's figuring out how to live with the fear, how to have a process for working through it. That works for you. Everybody's different, right? I explained to you my, my pros and cons and my analysis can, can work for me. Um, and yeah. then figuring out what's the, what's the remedy, right? What's, yeah. what's the secret sauce. And I mean, that's, that's typically what works for, and then also dialing up the excitement and the anticipation and focusing on that and meditating on that and dreaming about daydreaming about how great it's going to go. Yeah, right? of course. Don't you feel like too, like once you do the thing, the big thing that you had, you know, some anxiety or some fear about, it gives you so much more confidence to reach for and to create other opportunities for yourself and to better step into new experiences. It's like, if I can do that, if I can go kite surfing and if I can do a reality show, there's nothing else that you can't do. Like the fuck to everything else. Like, <laughs> yes, queen. Yes, you know, you just, you just raise your level. You just raise the, the level for yourself when you do these You raise things. the bar. So that's, that's part of it is that like less things start to scare you over time, right? As you start like, like I'll be interviewing again, or I maybe am whatever for other opportunities. And I'm way less scared about filming TV now, as long as it's the right opportunity and make sure there's brand alignment, et cetera. I am way less nervous because now I know how to control what I can control, which is not what the producers put in the edit, but what I give them. Right. So that, and that is just that revelation. And I wish I remembered who said that to me because that, and the person who told me to get dog insurance, those are like, (laughs) those are my favorite people on the planet because they have saved me so much stress. I love it. (laughs) I just have a dog with wild ass health issues. We love him so much, but oh my gosh, um, he's just a pain in my butt sometimes. But luckily, I got that 80% coverage, boo. Girl, that is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny so I mean obviously you know I think reality shows aren't aren't always reality and and not everybody has a personality to be a contestant on a reality show I mean I think they are very strategic and and making sure the personality types and the and the and how they put the cast together obviously is very well planned and, and well thought out So was there at any point, and I'm kind of going back a little bit, but was there any point where you were uh, in the process that you had fears about whether or not you'd be a good fit? For TV or for this show in general? Just want to know what you think. Both, both. Because I feel feel like you have to think about both, right? Because that opportunity could lead to another. And because you were, you have been previously approached um, about other shows. So it's funny is because I think because I had been approached so many times, I had, I had filmed pilots even for E, I was paid for other pilots and stuff. So I knew that I was a good fit for reality TV because why would seven different shows in 
five years when I'm not even searching and not applying to anything other than, you know, I have an online presence. I, I work on my Instagram, but I don't hashtag like, or I didn't back then. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, I wasn't posting like available for your TV yeah. casting call. Like, you know what I mean? No, I was just doing me, but we'll work um, for reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think I knew that people saw something in me regularly that mm-hmm. was a fit for TV for whatever reason, but I didn't know if it was a good fit or they thought that I was wild and crazy and they wanted to make me the villain or what, you know, you don't know. Yeah. People are never really going to, in that world, nobody's super straight up, all, except for the person who told me years ago that it's what you make of it and what you get is how you act. So you are in control actually. And I was like, whoa, okay. I really need to like, think about who that is, by the yeah. way, that's a, that's a good group gratitude opportunity for, for someone I haven't connected with in a while. But, um, so I think with this show, I thought, because I knew about Bethany for so long and, and this is kind of funny. I had, I remember when I was in my mid twenties and I left corporate, I used to work in social media marketing for five years, um, and worked my way up the totem pole to a director of marketing role left went and start, you know, was DJing on the side, started my, building my own business and then eventually went off on my own. Right. And, um, I, I really looked up to Bethany at that time. Right. I started thinking about role models and trying to build a business plan and, and projections for, you know, my income and stuff. And I worked with a coach back then too. And I looked at Bethany because I didn't really have any role models for what, entrepreneurship looked like because my parents were you know in very traditional they're very successful and very smart but in very traditional career paths mm-hmm. um and 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 their friends were and I just didn't really know many entrepreneurs especially non-traditional like Bethany sure. so I was super excited because I felt like I had manifested this I had you know I had I had loved her from the moment I found out about her making skinny girl using her influence to sell products that actually did positively impact women's lives, not necessarily in the way that my businesses are right, but no shade. Cause she is, you know, making solutions for the everyday woman that are cost-effective and that improve their quality of life. And that is valuable. I right. love that about what she does. Right. So <clears throat> when I was like really just studying her and getting to know her better in my mid twenties. And then all these TV opportunities were coming up and like, I really just wanted to be her. And then when these people called me, I was like, this is like, the craziest thing. I didn't even know who it was. I was busy. Spotify declined my last other, my other podcast before this one. And then I was like, you know what? I have the time. Let me just do their app. Cause they keep emailing me like whatever, you know? And yeah. then, and then months later, after I was already like significantly far along in the process, they told me who it was and, and they allowed her to open up a casting call, which I think spurred new entries and whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was like, this is wild. Like I had been thinking about this exact opportunity eight years ago when people were approaching me, wanting me to do TV. And I was saying no, no, no to all this stuff about sex and dating and whatever, you know, just partying because I wanted something more substantial, like what she had built for herself. So I was like, wow, this is meant to be like, we're going to be besties. Oh my God. La la la. (laughs) It's going to be so fun. We're going to like drink rosé and cheers and like empower all the babes together. And then (laughs) she like was like, don't like your vibe at all. Like who are, who does this girl think she is? And I was like, okay, let me once again, readjust my expectations around this. But you know, I think you guys who watched through all the way through the show saw that I did come back. I figured out because I had studied her how to pull more at her heartstrings. And it was 
turning down certain parts of me that were triggering for her and mm. up other parts of me that I knew would be a fit for her. And it's not, it's not, not being my authentic self. I kind of let that shine more when she wasn't in the room. Right. So it was just yeah. like figuring out that balance. I hadn't worked for another boss before doing that show. And in so many years, in eight years either. So it's like, no wonder that was a little tough for her. And I at first, some of right. that's on me, you yeah. know? I totally get that because as an entrepreneur, you like you seek that at that independence and yeah. it, it's hard to let go of that independence as well and go back into a traditional setting of having a boss when you've had the freedom and you've wanted the freedom. Uh, so, yeah, I totally get that. So in just, you know, studying her and 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 understanding um, her her personality and the way she works a little bit better. I mean, we only see what's on on TV. Um, so I have two questions in regards to that. One, is she as intense as she, is she as intense as she seems on TV? And is she as tough as she seems? And if she is, was there any part of her personality that gave you pause or that you were fear, fearful of and just going into trying to establish a relationship? Um, she, so she is that intense, but once again, it's an edit, right? Cause they can't yeah. show all the hours that we film together. So then what do they do to make great TV? They tend to show the most intense scenes, sure. right? Of course. Yes. So, but she is intense. She does have high expectations. She is very smart. She's brilliant. So it makes sense that she has high expectations for the people that work around her because she shouldn't be truly the only person on her team that comes up with everything and gets everything faster than everybody else. Like that is I felt that way in my own business before and I'm not at her level. So I can imagine that would be very disappointing yeah. at her level. Although maybe she's not willing to pay enough for the right talent. I don't know. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there could be other factors at play there, but I understand why she kind of is the way she is. She is kind of a hardened shell. And then I, you know, on the flip side, I did see like a more, you know, especially when we were doing some charity work together and her and I were really vibing on that front. Cause her and I do both have, you know, large charity, obviously her larger than me uh, with the resources that she has, but mm -hmm. we both have charity components to our lives and our businesses. And it's very important to both of us. And we really, we really connected and worked well as a team for that. So that yeah. was cool to see that on a common mission, we were able to really like thrive together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, every day kind of just not in my everyday life, I don't think I would be able to work for somebody and not be able to anticipate their reactions about mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and that for me, that's just, it's a little too up and down. Um, I grew up with parents like that. Um, so I purposely do not put myself into relationships, business, personal, or otherwise with people like that for my own mental health and stability. I yeah. prefer a little bit more of an even keeled approach to life and energy. And that's what works for me. But look at her. She's far more successful than me. Right. So it's like, who yeah. am I to say like, what's right and what's not? I think for me, I just prefer somebody who's a little bit more I don't want to say like flatline because that's boring, right? Yeah, it's, not, right? it's not what I need either, but it's like, yeah. I think sometimes I was, it wasn't clear what her expectations were. And that is, that can be a hard thing to win at, you know? Sure. Yeah. And then, and then if she gets very upset, if they're not met, then that's, that be, can become a negative cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that, what, that scared me about if I, you know, if I was there on a day-to-day -day basis, but plus I think I just like, 
I'm just, I would annoy her. You know, I said that when I left, I was like, I would just genuinely annoy her, I think. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you think it was, it, it was things that you did specifically, or was it just you and your personality or was it a combination from your perspective? I'm so bubbly for a person like her, you know, and like a God forbid she would have met me five or six years ago. I was like extra. I was like, if I'm bubbly now, I was double extra bubbly uh, back then. So yeah. I am glad that this was at the time period that it was. Um, yeah. And I, and, and I think uh, like a lot of people like Twitter has all these threads about how like Bethany hates me because I'm a younger version of her or something, or she sees so much uh, of herself in me or something like that. And so yeah. that's some people's theory. And, and by the way, I don't think she hates me. I don't hate her. I love her. And so I think yeah. that we have a healthy relationship at this point. But of course, you know, the show played up the scenes that made sense. Of course, yeah. you know, to play up. But she was very kind to me, you know, when I exited. I mean, she gave me the biggest compliment. She was like, I think you need, you, you can't be put in a box and you yeah. need to just go out and keep doing you, you keep building. And it's yeah. like for someone like that to say that that's a feather in my calf. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've made, I mean, even before the show, obviously you had made quite a name for yourself as being in a space where, uh, there weren't a lot of women, uh, in DJing and you've built this empire and you have this fantastic podcast, um, big queen energy. And so now as we, um, so now, now as we come sort of towards how you approach and how you continue to go through your life, I'd love to know what your advice is for people who are um, approaching this, this milestone or hurdle in their lives. Obviously we're talking about fear and being a reality, re reality show contestant. Not everybody is going to seek that or pursue that or be a contestant. But just in, in life, when you are approaching something that is big and you're, you're going into something that there are a myriad of unknowns, what advice could you give somebody, maybe three things that you can give somebody to, um, to be able to help them tackle their fears? Yeah. So I think the first place to start is like the, is kind of what we touch on. It's start to assess them, right? Just mm -hmm. like get it all out on paper, just be really honest with yourself instead of allowing that anxiety to build. That voice will keep growing louder. The fear, the anxiety, whatever you want to call it, will keep growing louder unless you just confront it. So the sooner yeah. you confront it, the better, because then, like I said, you can make an action plan to counteract some of it. If mm -hmm. you're not confronting it, then you don't know that, okay, the reason I'm actually scared is because of this lack of control. Well, what do I have control over? Or the reason I'm scared is because my lack of uh, experience in the space. Well, where can I build up my knowledge? Right? So it's like, if you can understand where the underlying fears are coming from, then you can build a plan of action. So that would be my first recommendation, right? Is to diagnose the fear or the anxiety journal about it and build a plan of action or test yep. different things. See what mm -hmm. works. You might not know right off the bat, um, but try a few different things out until you get to something that feels better for you. Right. And then number two is what I said, it's what you get more of what you focus on. That's it. So be in charge of your own mindset, claim your mindset, claim your energy, claim the way that you think, be picky about your thoughts. We're picky about the wine we drink, the men we date, the stilettos we wear. Yes. I mean, seriously, but we're willing to think all sorts of fear-based thoughts on a right. daily basis. We're, we're allowing this negativity into our personal space. I'm sorry, what? 
No, that doesn't make any sense. Right. So be really picky about your thoughts. Be willing to acknowledge them when they arise and then let it go. Remind yourself, well, I am working on this fear because I have this plan of action. So I am actually feeling less fearful than I was last week. That's improvement, whatever it is, get there. Even if it's just a little bit of improvement, recognize that and focus on that little bit of improvement you've made rather than the underlying fear. Right. And then the flip side to that too, is like I said, it's dial up that excitement. So if you need tools for doing that, this is really my third piece of advice is this is a, something that we teach in my mentorship program. It's actually a skill set and a tool, a physical tool that I have been building for eight years, ever since going off on my own. And then six years ago when I lost my father and I literally couldn't even get out of bed because I was just so upset and depressed and scared to go on without my greatest supporter, my biggest mentor, my greatest coach. I was just terrified to be living the life that I chose out here on a fucking limb in the deep end as a fucking DJ and doing TV and all this shit without him, without my, my rock, you know, I was like, well, holy shit, what? All right. You know? And so that also helped me refine this morning routine that I have, which includes this mindset tool that empowers me throughout my day. That helps me build confidence where I work through, you know, in, in, in my mentorship, we have a series of workbooks that build on each other that help people uncover all of these shitty beliefs they have Mm. about themselves. And through a process of journaling and coaching, we rewrite them into custom affirmations that then they affirm every single morning when they're in an alpha wave state before or after meditation so that this can get deeply ingrained into their subconscious because you can beat your fears. They don't own you, you own them. That's right. Oh, I love that. There's no better way to end this episode than on that about what you own and and what you decide to take ownership of, right? I I love that. Oh, this has been so good. We've been talking to Nicole Rose, you guys. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure to get links to your mentorship program and put it in the yeah. description. And she also has a fantastic podcast that you definitely need to listen to called Big Queen Energy Podcast. Thank you so much for this. And I just love your energy and your enthusiasm. I, I love it. I gravitate towards people who who I can match an energy level and I just love it. And I love, you know, just your whole aura and everything that you're about and, and the positive energy, because I think that that is so important and you get back what you put out. I totally believe that 100%. So I hope that we, you guys take away from this, um, a higher level of energy and affirmation for yourself and that you feel inspired and empowered to go out after this episode and whichever episode you listen to, to fight your fears, crush your fears, and move on to the next big thing because there are bigger things waiting for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next time. In the meantime, be sure to catch any other episodes and shop our boutique. Our boutique is brand new. We have some fuck fear merch in the store. If you go to my website, katinia.com. Thank you again for joining us. We will see you next time on Fuck Fear. Have a great day, everybody. Coming up on a new episode of Fuck Fear. There is a fear most of the time of leaving relationships because usually at that point, when you want to leave a relationship, it's because you don't feel good about yourself. So your ego and your self-esteem isn't high. Well, yes, the pandemic has given couples a chance to think about and evaluate their relationship. 
And some people have decided to get out of the relationship because of that evaluation. But there are also people out there who have known for a long time that they have needed to call it quits, but they've been too afraid to do so. Relationship expert Bonnie Winston joins us on this episode to pinpoint why people are afraid and to help listeners finally say fuck fear to find a happier life and a happier relationship. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you feel led, I'd love for you to write a review, check out other episodes, and as always, thank you for listening. Thank you.